0: Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Wisdom Words podcast, where every week we're in conversation with people who have stories, advice, and life hacks, all of which take you one step closer to that feeling of hope. I am your co-host, Neil Trevelli.:
1: And I am your co-host, Rene O'Day.
0: And we have such a special episode today. We're so, so proud to have is it Katrina Leggins, right? Yes. I hope I got that right. Licensed mm-hmm. therapist, writer. We all three of us are writers, by the way, which we'll get into later. But <laughs> yes, so um, <laughs> mental health advocate and so many other things. Yeah, uh, so you know, we'll get into. But yeah, welcome. So so glad to have you here, Katrina. Hi, thank
1: Katrina.
2: You. Hi, thank you for uh, having you me day. Hi, beautiful. Uh, you know. <laughs>
0: Um, before we start with any official questions, can you talk a little bit to, about your background and why you do what you do today?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I am a licensed mental health professional, LCSW's licensed clinical social worker. So my background's in social work. Um, I received both my social work degrees from the University of Oklahoma. I have been in the field of mental health now a decade yeah. Like I started, <laughs> I started straight from gra- or my bachelor. Well, after I got my bachelor's, I started doing a lot of like intern work uh, through an agency. And then when I got my master's degree, I continued with that. And throughout that time, I learned quite a bit about mental health in general, but also the population yeah. I felt comfortable working with. Um, and since what is this, 2023, uh, January of last year, (laughs) I jumped into private practice, and that's been very, very fulfilling after being in a community mental health setting for a year, or a year, uh, for 10 years, (laughs) and then jumping into (laughs) private practice for a year, such a different, like, arena, but um, Mm -hmm. I have been doing this for so long, um, and I just love working with teen girls and um young adult women um and Mm -hmm. millennial women yeah so that is my passion
1: yeah
2: and so just working with mental health just in general was something i've always wanted to do because of my own personal struggles and things that i experienced growing up so it was a given that i was meant to be in this field you have
1: started a conversation in the african american community Mm -hmm. which is fantastic i mean you know because it's you know, it's something that all communities need to have a conversation about, yeah, no matter definitely. what race you are.
0: So, yeah, let's, let's get into that. As far as awareness is concerned currently, what is it like in African or African-American culture, families? Do you, is it being talked about enough, maybe more so than 10, 15 years ago? What's the status on that?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, Being in the field for as long as I have, I've seen a shift, honestly. Um, More so, probably since probably before the pandemic but definitely during the pandemic because we all had mm-hmm. access a lot to the internet um and <laughs> also that was a time where i think a lot of people's mental health was challenged um the most <laughs> because of us having to be with our own self and our own thoughts and everything but specifically in the black community i feel it's being talked about a lot more people are more open-minded um i would mm-hmm. say in the community um obviously there's always still change that needs to be made work that still needs to be done but I see it talked about a lot on social media I see it a lot talked about in movies and different shows I just think that it's being more normalized instead of um this being something not to talk about or feeling ashamed about um, yeah. but more specifically yes I definitely feel it's being talked about a lot more than it was many years and many decades ago but there's still work to be done for sure
1: Absolutely. And has yeah. the recent social media um, boom, you know, um, the hashtags and the celebrities, mm-hmm. have you um, had conversations with them and, you know, um, you know, their voices? They help, I think, probably more than anybody yeah. to start the conversation.
2: Yeah, definitely more celebrities for sure. So since I work with um, a lot of Gen Z specifically, mm-hmm. that conversation comes up a lot as far as like connections that they make with like some of their faves, their cele- favorite celebrities that yeah. <laughs> have posted. I mean, it's just it's so many to name or so many to think about. But the moment you see a celebrity post something about it, you feel like an instant connection like, oh, OK, they're a celebrity and they're famous. and They have all these accolades, but they still have problems like me. Meaning, you can have all the right. things in the world. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't make you yeah. immune to mental health, and so yeah. So when right. it's out more, oh yeah, for sure. Um, the, I would say this this generation is definitely connected more with those celebrities, and I see a lot more celebrities, black celebrities too, mm-hmm. <laughs> that are talking mm-hmm. about. Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah, Chrissy Teigen talks a lot about, you know, her mental
1: health. She and does, stuff. and oh, I, I love does. her. I just I yeah. love her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I know. <laughs> 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 yeah. So that's yeah. so
0: wonderful to hear that there's been a huge improvement and more talk is there's more awareness mm-hmm. and that's so great around all over the world. Mm-hmm. But everywhere, not just in black family, but right, it could still be better. There could still be more, much more to do mm-hmm. as far as raising awareness. So what are still some of the challenges that are there around in Black families? concerning mental health issues is it misconceptions is it just not enough awareness what needs to be tackled
2: so yes i definitely stop shooting young
1: african-american males start there
2: that part yeah i think think every
1: police force (laughs) should start with their officers
2: yeah yeah for sure And, and that's you know, I, I I had a conversation the other day about that. You know, this isn't anything new. We just were able to see it now live because mm-hmm. of the cameras and, and mm-hmm. the recording. Hey Thank God. Yeah, hey God. Yeah, for sure. Thank hey God sure. we can record it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as like what I I honestly see that is still an issue a lot for the Black community is backlash and judgment because historically speaking, we're not meant to be strong or meant to be weak. We're meant to be strong and we're meant to be able to handle everything all the time. And so the moment you talk about sadness that could be uh, more so depression or you're feeling anxious about something, it's like, well, why? Why do you feel that way? Or what is the reason behind that? As if it's not a reminder that I'm human first. And then let's think about how the United States is, number one, and so many different factors. That goes into why a person struggles with their mental health. But I, I do feel a lot within the Black community and within your own fam- our own families at times, it can still be a lot of harsh judgment about someone who has a mental health diagnosis or wants to talk about their mental health diagnosis and just being judged about that, which you shouldn't be because in reality, we all deal with mental health. We don't all, we all might not have mm-hmm. a mental illness, but in reality, everybody deals with mental health. And if you were to say you don't, <laughs> That's a lie. Mm-hmm. Let's, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Let's just think about the last three years. Let's just think about the last three years. I always use that as an example because we all were impacted somehow um, with that with this epidemic. Um, you know, with, with COVID. So, but yeah, that's what I would say is it was probably still be a challenge that needs to be worked on. Um, but I I see improvement just based on conversations I have even with clients and my own friends and family. And then with my platform, you know, I, am going to talk about
1: yeah. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, we need more people like you. We you. need you more people you. like you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. Um, you, you, you have a great voice in, in this. You know, we yeah. learn
0: about so much and, mm-hmm. and we, although I still feel we don't learn enough, but that's a, that's a separate, episode. But we learned so much about civil rights leaders and the history and all that of slavery and all that. We don't quite, the general public is still not as aware when it comes to mental health pioneers and, you know, the Black people who pioneered awareness and advocacy. So who are some names like that that we should be aware of and we can learn from, research them, look up, what were they doing, why they did it, and what impact they had?
1: Okay. But before you answer that, Katrina. Okay. Who caused mental health issues in African Americans?
2: You said who caused White. it? Who caused it? <laughs> White men. Yeah. White men. No, we, yeah. We think historically yes. Yes, like. I mean,
1: anyway. I just wanted to, you know. No, but
2: that's but you're you're, you're 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 yeah. definitely, definitely speaking <laughs> some truth there. But um two people, because it's a lot of, it's a lot of people. Um
1: and nice. I want to make that
2: clear, but I think two people that come to mind is BB Moore Campbell mm-hmm. and Dr. Beverly Green. And I think those are two people to look up. And these are black women. Um, I I love their work and more specifically because there were safe spaces that were created. It was a lot of advocacy advocacy work that they did for the community. I mean, honestly, still do, you know, because they've kind of paved the way. And gave mm-hmm. us you know, the tools that we needed to, um, you know, be more open and honest about mental health, and created that awareness that we're that is needed. Um, but also just understanding not only being black, but also when it comes to gender, when it comes to sexuality, you know, all, yeah. that's another mm-hmm. layer. <laughs> um, you know, trauma, but also. Um, different issues that you can face in the black community and so I would say start there you know but there's so many pioneers (laughs) you know I would say that are big advocates in the mental health community uh, but those two women stick out the most um, or at least as far as uh, who I enjoy uh, (laughs) there's a lot of pioneers for sure and honestly you know I think just like we learn in school like we don't learn enough about like African American pioneers have done what they've done for mental health. I mean on a lot of different levels, truthfully. So sometimes or really we have to do the work ourselves and do the research and and um, be open and willing to learn about you know their work. So that this is a reminder of okay, there's more work to be done at least to look up so I so you can be informed and be aware of who who's done what to help us get to this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely that's why that's why we this huge part of why we do this and why we're trying to broaden the horizons of this podcast is to create that kind of awareness across all cultures you know because it's it's very crucial to know you know so very beneficial Uh yeah um in your there like as a therapist what are some of the biggest misconceptions specifically that you've came across with clients like what do they not if they do they come in and say I don't understand why this is happening or do they assume maybe oh maybe it's this but it's really from a therapist point of view you can say no actually you have this yeah. mental health issue or that what are some of the biggest things that you've had to clear up over the years that you found in your practice
2: yeah so and if we're talking about African-Americans, what I find is a common theme is mental health equates to weakness or therapy, since coming to therapy, oh, that's for white people. What? No, it's for all people. But because of, you know, how we grew, a lot of us, how we grew up in our households, not allowed to talk about problems, not allowed to expose things that are going on, not allowed to be open and honest about how you feel. And so uh, when it comes to understanding, oh, this is a mental health struggle, but like, Mm -hmm. it's a mental health struggle, but does this mean I'm strong, does this mean I'm weak? You know, and so I think those two for sure are common um, misconceptions that I see a lot. Um, Also sometimes when people hear about someone who's diagnosed with a mental illness, they may call them crazy think that they're violent you know think that they you know that it's, and it's just like you're so uneducated uh, and you don't understand what that looks like what that means and then mm-hmm. you're, you're you're adding on to the stigma at this point you know and so um yeah. some of these things I have to like we call it psychoeducation that's like so important like let's talk about why you feel this way but let's also talk about the classic signs the warning signs the symptoms But even so, what brought you here and why do you have this thinking? Where does this stem from? Why do you think this way? Why do you feel this way? So we can undo and unlearn that and then obviously work through the presenting problem. Um, But those are very common. Yeah, mental health is a sign of weakness. Therapy is a white people. And I'm just like, oh no, we have to change that dialogue. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, so. Exactly. Because only
1: 25% of African-Americans seek mental health treatment, whereas 60% of, you know, whites do. And, you know, that's got to change. I mean, we all need it, no matter what race
2: you are. Yeah. And a lot of barriers go into that, that those numbers for sure, when you think about it. Um, Also, a lot of people want someone who looks like them, which is another reason Mm -hmm. to add on to why I got into this field. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of Mm clients, they're like, you know what? part of why I wanted to see you is because you're black. And that's how, you know, you can have a preference and not just being black, any race, any gender. Any birth, you know, you yeah. Can, you know, you can um, ask and request a preference, but I get that a lot. Like I felt connected because I know that you're going to understand me on some different levels that a non-person of color or a non-black person would be able to understand. And so that brings in more black people into therapy and feel more open and honest because the conversations I have, I don't, I, I know that my clients feel safe, you know, um, and they tell me right. <laughs> that's part of why, but you know, it's just a relaxed yeah. feeling. It's a comfortable feeling. And I, I'm always honored, you know, to be able to be that person and be that representation that is still needed as therapists in the U S where it's still not a big number of black therapists, you know, that, uh, um, yeah are professionals, so it's still a huge need to have more Black women, especially Black men therapists too, Black male therapists. Yeah.
0: Do you see that um, changing in the near future? Like, what do you see? Like, do you see that, okay, it's, it's, is it a
2: positive outlook? I would say, I'm 50-50, and more so is because it starts with these exams. A lot of these exams oh, that a goodness. lot of, and you, and you can hear from a lot of people's like stories when it comes to the national exams the, the, that we have to take the state exams
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, to become uh, licensed, and those tests don't always represent us. Um, it's mm-hmm. biased a lot, and um, I think that's why a lot of African-Americans have a hard time getting to this point because you that's a barrier in itself getting past that test, like Mm -hmm. having a test over and over and over and then the money that goes into that i mean it is traumatizing honestly Uh, but i do see that a lot of people want to be in the field so that's why i say it's 50 50. if we can get some changes made on like a national level like yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um,
1: exactly. Sure. But
2: yeah. So, but I, I see a lot of people wanting to be in the film. I'm like, yes, we need more, we need more African American, you know. All right. yes. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> For sure. You
2: um you
1: mentioned that you uh, work with young African American women. Yes. Um you know, A, it starts there if yeah. they if they yeah. But my question, and this is like totally off the subject kind of thing. Mm -hmm. is who brought them to you their mother what what themselves I'm just kind of curious because I mean this is a great place to start yeah them younger and
2: yeah I agree I agree which is another reason why I like working with this demographic Um, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of different ways that uh, people decide to come to therapy um, I actually try to track that myself just so I can kind of see what's the mm-hmm. common theme. And because I primarily work with the Gen Z population, a lot of them honestly and truly find me on social media or Google. Um oh. you know, occasionally mm-hmm. I get referrals, you know, from um other therapists or maybe like someone's mom or aunt or someone has found me through a directory, um mm-hmm. or word of mouth, you know, but with the generation i work well with, with the population i work with social media and that's because i've always had a social media presence so i have to i have to add that i make it known i have my my business are um a lot of people track or find me through my my business online but for the young people for sure i mean that's why if you think about it like with tiktok um and mm-hmm. instagram like i could tell people that's a great way to find therapists that's a great way to um learn information from licensed therapists that are in the field, Classic. but it's not a replacement yeah. for therapy. <laughs> but it's a bang, good bang, you bang. know, and I have to make that disclaimer because people will try to make this like their therapy and it's like it's great supplemental information, but you have to be careful because mm-hmm. there are people out here that are fraudulent and not mm-hmm. yes. don't have the credentials to back up the information that they're giving. So um mm-hmm. yeah I would say social media for sure that's a powerful tool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: It really is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And it's good and bad. Yes. Like you said, they're fraudulent people. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, yes. it's, a,
2: yeah.
1: it's a tool for bullying, it's mm-hmm. a tool for, um, you know, people that shouldn't be tracking little. Younger people, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Just using it. Would you,
0: yeah. Could you suggest like tips for younger, like you, because you see a lot of, you said Gen Z, yeah. tips for yeah. utilizing it safely. Like so all social media platforms, if you have yeah. a few tips for them.
2: Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the, the biggest things is if you're using it a lot, like let's, let's track first. How often are you using social media? Because if you're using it, for example, Ten hours out of a day we got to find a way to take breaks from it you know and i love like with our phones now we can set time limits like on each app Mm -hmm. to let us know okay Mm -hmm. this is the limit of how much i want to be on this app today now granted that's not easy for a lot of people it's a lot of (laughs) self-control that goes into it but that could be a good way uh more so for like teenagers um i always tell them never get out never give out any identifying information where you live, you know uh, people's names, people's addresses, you know things of that nature, um, and then you can track who you who follows you and um, who and who you follow. You know, keeping your page private and monitoring your following list. You know, because some people will create fake pages, and like you said, like that's a way of trying <laughs> to take advantage or even trying to bully someone. Um, so mm-hmm. monitoring, you know, who you follow and the page that you have. I have a whole like. That's a whole like presentation in itself <laughs> about social media, <anxiety. laughs> but yeah, those are a few things because it's real and because so many of us use it where it's for our businesses where we're making money or just for leisure purposes. Um, it can be like a good distraction. It can be helpful, but then it also can be harmful if we're misusing it um, or abusing it. So, but yeah, those were those are a few things I would say at least to start off with. Um, Cause you know you could be whoever you want to be, on the mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. make yeah. leave, whatever yeah. you want. You put out there what you want people to see, and then also people don't always put everything out there because nowadays it's about getting high views, a lot of likes, you know, oh, all right. that, all that matters. Influencers, so you, <laughs> you influence, yeah, influence. Yes, and you want to attract people to mm-hmm. your, you know, to mm-hmm. your page, and it can become an addiction. So you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Gotta
0: be you see you've mentioned like so many hats and another big hat for you I know is <laughs> Kenny Nicole writing. Nicole. Hat. Tell, <laughs> tell us about that. What is it? How did it? Where did you get the idea from? How did that all come about? Give us yeah. the 411 on that.
2: You know, Kenny Nicole is like my little baby. Like that that's honestly even uh-huh. how I started like my mental wellness business. Cause that's what it essentially is. That's even mm-hmm. how, why I got into social media the way that I have. Um, but it honestly mm-hmm. all started with me wanting to find a way to bring awareness to mental health. If I'm just being honest with you, how can I use my voice? Um, at least with, in my community but then it like yeah. grew to like other people finding who out who i was in this page um and then the following kind of grew from there and the brand grew from there uh, but as far as like what it's about um more so about uh, mental health wellness but also i like to provide tools and resources and things that people might have a hard time finding um mm-hmm. i have a lot of free yeah. things on my website if you've never been just to give people because that's something I just love to do you know I just wanted to help out somehow um yeah I do workshops I do trainings you know I do a lot of things that are focused on mental health and self-care and um I mean from there I just kind of added on more like things within that brand that I felt people would connect with I have a t-shirt business I have um, I also have the private practice now. Um, I do a lot of collaborating with a lot of different, like mental health. I have to say that mental health, self care brands. I mean, it's just great. Um, But yeah, it just brings awareness to mental health. Lots of information, mental health and self care related, and then the writing part because I always, always have to tell people because they're like, "Do are you like a publishing company?" I'm like, "No, like not even close." Like. <laughs> I do a lot of writing that's focused on mental health, self-care um, and things that I think people should know if they don't know. I mean, I'm giving a lot of free information, essentially. Where, where can people find you? Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so I have a Instagram um, and I'm gonna say all of them because they're all the same name. Um, so I, have I just Instagram.
1: started following you.
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: I have an Instagram. Yeah.
2: I have a Facebook business page. And then I have TikTok because for my, my young people um, and a Twitter, they're all <laughs> under K Nicole writing and that's K-N-I-C-O-L-E and then writing like how you write. Is that that's your middle name. name? Yes. You know what? A lot, of people yeah. don't, a lot of people don't figure that out. They always call me Nicole. They think I'm, which I mean, it makes sense, but my first name is Katrina. I have two middle names and one of them is Nicole. Yep.
1: Okay, Nicole. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Nicole writing awesome.
2: on all those platforms. Yeah. Perfect. Wow. Perfect. So awesome. This
0: podcast. Um, one thing we always say, right, it promotes hope, right? That yeah. anybody who's struggling, any with any condition or any issues, it's always hope. So let's try to end with that. Can you? say a few words of hope and maybe some advice for young people out there who are struggling, who wanna take that first step, but maybe have trouble, and specifically uh, black young people who Mm -hmm. maybe have some, Mm -hmm. you know, either pushback or, you know, therapy or whatever resources, say some words of inspiration and hope and that what can they do to take that first step towards a healing journey Mm -hmm. if, if they're struggling?
2: So first, and foremost, a really good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Yeah, um, I think first and foremost, be honest with yourself, because I think that sometimes we can ignore when something's wrong or put it on the back burner, but it, that doesn't last long. So be honest with yourself. Like, I need help. You know, I have X, Y, and Z going on. Um, from there, remind yourself that you're allowed to be vulnerable. You're allowed to um, (laughs) seek help without the judgment, regardless of what other people think, because it's not about them. It's about you, your journey and your healing. And when you think about seeking help, this is not a form of weakness. It's a reminder that you're human. Um, There's so many things that a lot of us deal with collectively, especially as black individuals, but also individually in the trauma that we have either experienced in our upbringing, um, or even now. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we're just unable to handle alone. And I tell a lot of my clients that we're not meant to do every single thing alone. There are going to be times exactly. we need support. Um, mm-hmm. we need someone there and why not allow it to be a professional who's trained in this work?
1: It's so incredible that you have started this conversation
2: I mm-hmm. and,
1: um, and you are going to be the 21st century voice of african-american mental health because you know
2: never thought about that yeah You're right
1: wow i can see it From i can see our it. our mouth to god's ears Oof. you know let's, let's get you. it out there thank so thank you for yeah. creating
2: this platform where you are uh, allowing oh other people to come on and and use our voices <laughs>
1: Hey uh, yeah. okay guys, yeah. I have to head to the dentist. Not that okay. I'm looking forward to that, but
2: guys <laughs> yes. yes, have fun. I
1: wish we didn't have to. Yeah. Thank you. yeah
0: Take care. Thank Katie. you so much.
2: You're welcome. If you
1: need Bye. anything to you later. Yeah, if you need anything, just send me an email. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.